Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Yud Gimel. Today's shiz le'ilunish masyachil Moshe ben Shabsai. Maybe may his memory be a blessing and his neshama have an aliyah. Um, I'm going to go from the bottom of Yud Beis Amud Beis 12b. Um, we're discussing um, it's uh, sorry the third last line. We're carrying on discussing different types of. Um, Schach and Psulim. So Omer of Yehuda, Hani Shushi v'Shivtzori, Masachin Bahu. You can use um, it's different types of wood. I'm not sure the one translation I saw was wormwood and licorice wood. Um, you can use it as schach. Abaya Omer b'Shushi Masachin. We'll see why it's a novelty when we see Abaya's challenge on this. It says Abaya Omer b'Shushi Masachin, v'Shivtzori loy Masachin. Abaya says no. You can use Shushi. But you can't use shitsuri. Um, well, now, why not? My timer. What's the reason you can't? So he says, Kiva in the sorry rachayu. Since they have a bad smell, shavik luhuvanofik. The person's going to leave the sukkah. Right, so obviously, these types of wood, um, to to a degree, they could. Give, I don't know if they could give off a bad smell or they give off a strong smell, and it makes the sukkah a little bit unpleasant. And the person is is likely to spend less time in his sukkah because of it. So a similar case, he says, Omar of Chalan Barova, Hani Hizmi Vahigi, Masachim Bahu. Rav Chalan Barova said, you can use, um, again, some sort of like thorns and thistles, different types of bushes, um, as the schach. says, Abaya Omar Bahizmi, Masachim Bahigi, Loi Masachachin. Masachachinan. Abaya says, no, you can use his me, but you should not use higi. My timer, why can't you use higi? Again, remember, we've already discussed the main criteria. So my timer says, Since with, um, with higi, the leaves are constantly falling off, the person's going to leave the sukkah. It's not pleasant to sit there every time you, you get covered in... Uh, you get covered in uh, leaves and straw and things like that. It's not pleasant to sit there. Your food gets all things, so you're liable to leave the sukkah. So that's so. These are not. Um, so what happens if you do use these as schach? Clearly, according to Abaya, you shouldn't be using anything as schach that's going to make your stay in the sukkah less pleasant. That you're liable to leave it. On the flip side, if it's going to make ruin your stay in the sukkah, like totally. Um, Let's say it's a terrible smell or something like that. That might actually be a proper psul. Because if you have a room in your house that has a terrible smell that you wouldn't go in, you wouldn't stay there. So so too in the sukkah, if it's a terrible smell and you wouldn't go in and you wouldn't stay there, then it's the same problem. Um, and, and that could actually be a, a psul toraisa. This is where it's just uh, mildly unpleasant. So interesting, the, the Rosh and the Rambam basically say that, look, ideally you shouldn't, but if you do, it's a 100% valid sukkah. There's nothing, uh, you don't need to change anything, you don't need to put on new schach. It's just not, not the ideal thing to do, but if you do, it's fine. Whereas other Rishonim actually come out much stricter and say that, but yeah, you should actually have to, ch- obviously, if you did sit in such a sukkah, you fulfill the mitzvah, but you should actually change the schach if you use uh, such are the bad smelling or the ones where it just crumbles and makes all leaves and mess in your sukkah and your food that would be a problem
Um, I know that's why a lot of people, like you think, why don't we just use regular branches with regular leaves on? So part of the problem is over sukkahs, as they dry, they start to fall off. And before you know it, you can't eat a meal because it gets full of uh, leaves and stuff. That's why the palm branches are very, very popular. They look nice and they last well and they don't, uh, they don't give off a bad smell. They don't uh, drop uh, shed leaves or pieces of bark, etc. Okay, carrying on. Omar Rav Gidel, Omar Rav. Hi, Afkusa. One second. I feel like I missed something. I'm just sorry, one second. Yeah, oh, there was another interesting question that Rashi raised on the first point when we said using Shushi uh, Vashivtsari, so I translated it as different types of wood. But actually, Rashi translates them as certain types of herbs or grasses. Um, and then Rashi has the question, well, then how can you use them as schach? Oh, sorry, that, yeah, the shushi and the shivtsuri. How can you use it as schach? Because we know you're not allowed to use foods as schach. So he says, interesting, even though they would generally be classified as herbs or something, they're actually not fit for human consumption, and therefore they're not subject, they're not... They cannot become tome. Remember, only um, vegeta raw vegetation and stuff only becomes tome, can only become tome if it falls into the category of food. Okay, carrying on. Omar of Gidal Omarav. Hi, Afkusa Dedikla. If these branches of palm, the Harashi seems to explain it is like the bottom of the trunk where you have, or the bottom of the branch, where you have lots of the spikes, a lot of the branches growing out. So it's a built, it's a built together, formed together bundle. <coughs> now we know, we learned in our Mishnah, that you're not allowed to use bundles. Remember, you're not allowed to use a bundle of straw, a bundle of wood, etc., and put it on your sukkah, Xeris Oitzar, Xeris that you, in a similar scenario, someone might have put it on the roof, to store there or to dry there and then just change his mind and use it as a sukkah and that's sukkah's possible. So no one's allowed to sit under a sukkah with a bundle of, let's say, a bundle of sticks. So here, what about this afkusa dedikla, this uh, base or branches of the palm, which is a built-in bundle together. It's many branches or many stalks that come out from the trunk Altogether, so the Gemara explains. So Rav Gidel says the name of Rav. You can use it for schach. Even though it's a bundle, it says why? Something formed in a bunch by heaven. I literally it grows like that. Is not considered a bundle. It says the and this is even if you tie the branches closer together. So you're right, they're all growing together, but they grow a bit outwards. 
So what you would do is tie them that the branches are together and therefore form a thicker, instead of letting them grow out, you tie them t upwards. So, so maybe that, that should, that, isn't that a problem? You're still tying them? So he says, no. Bundling one thing together is not considered a bundle. Okay, quite logical, um, but that's um, the Gomorrah's answer. Um, yeah, we'll see further down on the page what is considered a bundle. It says, Omar Rav Chizda, Omar Ravina Barashila, Hani Dukri Dekoni, Mesachim Bahu. Again, a bunch of reeds you can use as schach. Now, this is very similar to the previous one. It's basically you have the, I don't know what you'd call it, the root or the base of the reed. And a whole lot of reed stalks grow out of that one, uh, one base. Um, and that's, so again, on the surface, it looks like it's, like it's many bunches. Like, like it's a bunch, it's many different, or sorry, it looks like it's many different reeds together. It says, no, you're still allowed to use it as even though it looks, it's a bunch. If it's together, a bunch together, because of from heaven, I, that's how it grew, it's not considered a bunch. And this is even if you subsequently tie them together, so they're growing together, but you want it to be uh, thicker and more compact, so you tie it together also. In addition to it growing together, you tie it together. It says, When it's one thing tied together, it's not considered a bundle. And Tanya Nami Hachi, we have a Brisa which teaches the same thing. It says, Reads and pointed sticks you can use as chach. Konim pshita. It's obvious you can use reeds as chach. Why would you think otherwise? It says, No, bunches of reeds um, with many points, many sticks of reeds coming out of them. I, this is again, this one, um, I don't know, one reed plant which has the many... Uh, stalks of the reeds growing from it, that would be fine. It says, now another teaching of Rav Chizda, Omar Rav Shila, this seems to be the main reason it's brought here, is because it's the same Rebbe who taught it. So he says, Omar Rav Chizda, Omar Rav Shila, Hani Agma Oram Bohem Pesach. You can use swamp maror for Pesach. We know, in we learned it in the Tent Perik of Psachim, that well, one of the mitzvahs on Pesach is, and when there's a common Pesach, it's a mitzvah Doraisa, when there's no common Pesach, a mitzvah Dorabonin, to eat Maror on the Seder night. Now, the Mishnah lists a few different types of Maror. Um, so, here it's he's teaching, he's teaching us that you're allowed to use this. Meririsa de Agma swamp maror. Meririsa from the word maror. Now, interesting, what is this Meririsa de Agma? So Rashi says it's chazeres. It's the standard lettuce maror. That's how Rashi explains. Tosos is not happy with that. Um, for various reasons. Um, and he wants to say that... Sorry, where was it? Yeah, that it's, it's one of the other types of maror. It's not chazeres. Um, he proves it from the Gomorrah over there. Um, but yeah, but that's, so this Marisa de Agma you can use on Pesach. Now, Mesive, they challenge this. It says, Azov, the Torah tells us for certain mitzvahs you need an Azov. 
Thank you. The Torah tells us for certain mitzvahs, you need a azov, you need a hyssop. Um, some of the mitzvahs are when you're burning the poraduma, you have to throw a hyssop in. When you're sprinkling the water of the poraduma on someone who became tome, you dip a hyssop in and sprinkle it onto that person. Um, the mitzvah, part of the mitzvah is you take a bird and you dip a hyssop and a few things in the blood of another bird and sprinkle it on the mitzvah or sprinkle it towards space. So the, the, the Torah tells us in certain contexts you need a azov, a hyssop. So what, when it says that, the mission, the Brisa teaches, Velo Azov Yovon, Velo Azov Koichli, Velo Azov Midbari, Velo Azov Romi, Velo Azov Sheesh Bashem Levi. When the Torah specifies a hyssop, it means a hyssop, not a Greek hyssop, a blue hyssop, a, a, a desert hyssop, a Roman hyssop, or any hyssop that has an accompanying name. I, the Torah says hyssop, so that means hyssop, not one of these other subspecies or other types of hyssops that have a different name, a, a blue hyssop, a Roman hyssop, etc. Says, and we should say the same thing. When the Torah tells us maror, it should mean maror, and not any of these other types, um, and not any of these other types. Omar Abaye, kol shenishtane shmo koide matan Torah uvoso Torah v'hipido olov. So, so, sorry, so again, so what's our question? Is that you said you can use swamp maror on Pesach, but that's got an accompanying name. And it seems that when the Torah specifies what you can use, it's excluding that. Um, items with accompanying names, I subcategories of that item. So, anything that had different names before Matan Torah, and then the Torah come and specifies it. Then you know that it has an accompanying name. And that would be invalid. I, before Matan Torah, there were all these different types of hyssop, blue hyssop, Greek hyssop, Roman hyssop, etc. There were all these different types. And then the Torah still comes along and specifies hyssop. It means, only the, the, it means the plant that is called hyssop, not one of the company names. It says, The honey lotion is shmayu Matan Torah cloud. But by the, but by marrow, these bitter herbs, but then we don't find before Matan Torah that there were different names at all. I so that they were not, so this that we find the Torah comes along and says Maror, and it obviously includes all these bitter herbs. And then when it says and only this that we find that there are names that accompany you find swamp Maror and this type of Maror and that type of Maror, those are more recent. Uh, changes to the names, more recent classifications. But again, when the Torah said Maror, at that time it included all types of Maror. There weren't all these different types of Maror, uh, Maror with different names. Um, interestingly enough, I know it's a discussion, the Torah, the Mishnah actually lists, five, uh, what confuses the Sugi a lot is the Mishnah actually lists five types of Maror. So when the Torah says Maror, does it not mean Maror? How do you know to include Chazeres, I letters? And so one of the discussions is maror, uh, what would you call it? A classification of a vegetable. Let's just say a leafy, bitter vegetable. Maybe that's the definition and anything that falls into that category. Or is maror and chazeres and the five types listed, five specific types of maror. Um, let's just do one more answer and then I'll mention another point on that. 
Rava Ama Rava says, Hani Meri Rasa, Stama Shamayu, Vahada Kariluhu Meri Rasa, the Agma Mishum to Mishka Pagma. He says, No, this Meri Rasa is regular Maror. Oh, why is it called Swamp Maror? Because that's where you find it. I, it's not really another category or a subcat, another species of bitter herbs, this Swamp Maror. It's just called Swamp Maror because that's where you find it. And so there's an interesting discussion amongst the more contemporary poskim. I don't know how far back it goes. What's the best type of maro to have? And which one do we know about? Because we always have this problem. Whenever we read the name maro or we read the name chazeres, or like when I was reading shushi and shivtsuri, um, what are they actually? We can have translations, but do we know that that's an accurate translation? Do we know that that's exactly what we're referring to. In general, we actually say we don't know. Like again, when the Torah lists the 24 types of non-kosher birds, we don't come along and say we have translations for all of them, but we're not very confident in our identification of the of the birds and say that those translations are loose translations. So, so to here with Maron, someone who say that the horseradish that we use is not Maron at all. because And but others say, no, that's what we have the longest standing tradition of using. Someone who say that the Chazeris is best because the Mishnah, that's we generally say is the lettuce, because the Mishnah says that of the five types of Maror, Chazeris is best. But again, others say we have no real confirmation that Chazeris is what, what we call lettuce, is what the Gomorrah means when it says Chazeris. So it's a little bit, so it does get confusion, uh, confusing and there is a discussion amongst the poskim which is the best one uh, to have. Um, as, a, as someone who say that the chazeres is best, lettuce is best because that's the one said in the Mishnah. And, uh, yeah, sorry, another way of looking at it is someone who say that chazeres is best because that's the one mentioned as the best in the Mishnah. I lettuce or romaine lettuce would be the best maror. And others come along and say no. Granted, Chazeres, what's in the Mishnah, is the best. Hosradish is the one that we have the longest Masora, the longest tradition for. And therefore, even though it's not the best mentioned in the Mishnah, it's the most verified. It has the best Heksher, but a long tradition of using it. Okay, but that's an interesting discussion regarding Maror and the identification of Maror. Not exactly the Sugya to be going into it. Um, so we'll leave it for Psochim. Um, Omar of Chizda. Now remember we mentioned um, you can't use a bundle of sticks but a single stick or a single palm branch or a single thing with multiple shoots growing out of it you could use. So Omar Avchiz the Igeid Bechad Loishmei Igeid when the Torah says um, bundling one thing together, I something that grew together, even if it's multiple sticks, is not considered an agate. But if you tie three things together, shmei agate, that's considered a bunch. Now Rashi says very interestingly on this, so let me just find it quickly. Um, he says, lo not regarding the halacha of using a bundle for schach, and not regarding the halacha of a bundle for the hyssop. I, in our sukya, we've discussed two things that need a bundle. One, or we're mentioning a hyssop when you're sprinkling the poraduma water on someone, or for other halachas that you need a bundle. A kudas azov would mean one is not a bundle, but three is a bundle. And so too with our Mishnah, when it says you're not allowed to put a bundle of sticks on the roof, 
that would say three you can't because that would be a bundle but one stick or one stick with multiple branches growing off it would be considered is one and you could use it as chach. I'll come back to that point again but just bear in mind that Rashi said it's for both these halachas. And then he said, so again, Rav Chizda said, one is not considered a bundle, three is considered a bundle, shnayim machloikes rabbi yosi v'rabonon, two is a machloikes rabbi yosi v'rabonon, the tznan, as we learned in the Mishnah, mitzvahs eis of shalosh klochim, ubahen shalosh givoylim. The mitzvah for a, of the hisop, again, this bundle of hisops, is three stalks with three stems. I three stalks, each one with an additional stem growing off it. Rabbi Yosi Oimer mitzvahs eis of shalosh givoylim v'shori of shtaim v'gardumo kol shehu. Rabbi Yosi says no. The mitzvah is to have three stems, but as long as two remain, if one of the stems break off and two remain, it's valid. And also, as long as just the stump of these two remain, it is valid. Ah, you don't need to have. Granted, you start with long stems. They wear down and break off very quickly when you're sprinkling them. That's fine as long as you have two left and as long as you have a stump left. Now, of course, al initially we thought But the fact that if you have just two stems left, it's valid. If you started with three and two and then one broke off or fell away and you have two, it's valid. Must be if you start with two, it's also valid. So why does Rabbi Yossi say you must have three? The mitzvah, that's for a mitzvah. And from the fact that Rabbi Yossi says you need three for the mitzvah, According to the Rabbonon, it would make three is essential. I, If the Rabbonon say you need three and Rabbi Yossi says you need three, what's the difference? Must be the Rabbonon holds you have to have three. And Rabbi Yossi holds ideally you should start with three, but if you start with two, it would be a bunch. Now the Gomorrah is just going to basically switch this around. That's going to prove that that can't be what they mean. I This concept that it's a machloikes, whether you need to start with three or start with two, is true. But we're going to show that it can't be Rabbi Yossi who holds that as long as you start with two, it's valid. I, the mitzvah, the best thing to do is start with three, but two would be invalid. It says, We have a price where Rabbi Yossi says, If you started with two, or you left with one, started with two stems, or you left with one stem, Possible, it's invalid. And it's not kosher until you start with three and have a, or have at least started with three and have two left. I we see very clearly Rabbi Yossi says it's invalid if you start with two stems. You have to start with three stems. So it's apuch, switch them around. You're right, it must be Rabbi Yossi who holds you have to start with three and the Rabbanon hold that you should start with three. Rabbi Yossi holds it's essential, you have to start with three, and if you don't start with three, it's an invalid bundle of hisops. And Rabbanon holds, no, you should start with three, but again, if you didn't, if you only started with two, it would, it would be valid. The whole Tanya, and this is as it was taught in a Brisa, if you have a bunch of hisop that you started with two, and you have one remaining, it's valid. 
And it's only invalid if you start with one or you left with one. Now the Gemara asks on this, he says, Shari of Echot Posel, Hama, Shari of Echot Kosher. What do you mean? In the first line you told me if you start with two and then one breaks off so you're left with one, it's kosher. And in the second line of the Bryce you said if it's left with one, it's invalid. So how do we resolve that? So top of Amud Beis says, Ela Ema Ad Echot. Rather what it means I, it, when is it possible when it starts like it would be kosher the remnants would be kosher with one I, the Brysa can't be so it comes out that the Brysa can't be Rabbi Yossi because we know Rabbi Yossi says you have to start with three sorry let me explain this last line this last line is saying it is kosher unless you start with one that if it was a remnant would be kosher, but since you're starting with one step, it's invalid. Now, it can't be Rabbi Yossi because we saw very clearly in a price Rabbi Yossi holds you have to start with three. So it must be Rabbonin, and therefore, and you have to start with two, not with one. Ah, oh, but the Rabbonin in our price said you have to start with three. Yeah, so that's ideal. So that would be the ideal way. Okay, so that is the side point discussing a hyssop. As I mentioned, Rashi learns the suga applying to what's considered a bundle for regarding schach. That's invalid. Remember, we learned in our Mishnah, you're not allowed to start with a bundle of schach. And for the hyssop. Now, the primary discussion was around the hyssop. Rashi learns that it's both. Tosos on the Mishnah said a very interesting thing. He said, Chavila is reading. He says, what's considered a bundle? It's not considered a bundle unless it has 25 branches. Which in a way makes a little bit of sense. When you were imagining uh, putting a bunch of sticks, a bundle of sticks on the roof of the sukkah to store there or to use as your schach. What were you imagining? Were you imagining three branches just tied together? Or were you ma- imagining a whole bunch? So the Tosos bring from the Yerushalmi. So, some, so how do you resolve that? The Yerushalmi seems to say it's 25 and al seems to say it's three. So there are various ways of resolving it. Some say it's actually a machlokes. al the Bavli, holds that it must be three is considered a bundle and would be invalid to put on your sukkah, which is how Rashi seems to learn. Whereas the Yerushalmi argues. Others want to say no. Um, they, you could also say that al Gomorrah is only discussing a hyssop. When the Torah says you need a bunch of hyssops, how many is that? That's three. When the rabbis came along and said by a sukkah you can't use a bunch, what's that referring? Not three, that's, that's by hyssops that we were discussing three. What that's referring to is um, for schach, that's 25. So maybe the Gomorrahs aren't arguing. And then a third possibility, which is quite an interesting one, which is how they explain the Rosh, is that no. Remember, higher up on the page, we learned that if you have one item that's grown together with many branches, that counts as one. However, if you have three of those, and it adds up, and so it's three three clusters, I don't know the technical word, three clusters of reeds. And each reeds has multiple, each cluster has multiple shoots of reeds growing from it. And you bundle, tar those three together, that together it equals 25. Again, it's really just three clusters of reeds, but each cluster has many stalks coming from it that adds up to 25. That would be considered a bundle, and that's what the Yerushalmi is referring to, and that's how you fit it in with Al-Gamora. 
So if you had one cluster with tw- one second, if you had one cluster with twenty five branches, it would be kosher for a to put on top of your sukkah. But if you have three with uh, let's just say uh, what uh, ten each, it would be invalid because that would constitute a bundle. Yes, sorry, Mervin. So that's what you want. Remember, the one of the requirements of the schach. You need more shade than sun. Yes. So, so if you put 25, you wouldn't see any, you'd see nothing. You'd just, oh, like so, a solid roof yeah. so, oh, so are you allowed a solid roof as your schach? We'll come to that a little bit later in the, in the sugya, in, in the maserta, where it's discussed, um, it's actually the next Mishnah. It's a, the next Mishnah discusses that. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see that in the next Mishnah, because there it's discussing using planks as your schach. Because planks are wood, they go from the ground. If they're flat, they're not makabal tumah. So can you use planks as your roof? <coughs> <coughs> So we'll ask your question there. But on the surface, on the surface, the main point is that it's more shade than sun to the degree that if there's no sun, it's also fine. That's that's the pshat, really. Dorash Mareimar. Mareimar explains, Hani isuraisa de surya. These reed-like bundles of schach from Surah, these reed bundles from Surah, you allow to use them for schach, even though they tied together as a bundle. Oh, didn't our Mishnah say you're not allowed to use bundles? So it says, No, because they tied together just to count them. Either they sold in bundles of, I don't know, 10 or 25, or whatever, they sold in bundles, so they would tie them together, not to keep them together, but just so that you knew how many you were buying. Rashi explains that, as we know, usually it would be also to use reeds tied in a bundle because of Xeris Oitzar, uh, that you might come to use a sukkah when they were put on the roof of the, su- of the hut for storage. But these Isuraisa de Surya can be placed on a sukkah in a bundle. Why? Because they're not stored like that. They're only tied in that bundle to count, to tally, to sell. And therefore, if you see a bundle of these reeds on the roof, no one's ever going to think, oh, it was put there to keep. And therefore, if it's there for storage, it's fine, because that's not how you keep them. You don't keep them in a bundle. So that's why that's fine. A little bit of a tricky point, um, but that's, uh, that's how Rashi explains it. Um, Omar, Rebbe Abba, similar, honey, trife to Urvina, these willow branch huts. Now, what these were, these were little huts that they used to use, hunters used to use. But basically, they used to take weed branches, bend them to, into a, so that they come into a point like a cone, and they would tie it at the top, and then they would like weave a rope through the bottom to hold the branches in place. So you end up with your cone, you have a rope woven around the bottom to hold them in place, and the top of the reed branches are tied together. So he says, these willow branch huts, Kiva and Shehutra, if you untie the knot at the top of the hut, you can use those willows as for schach. 
Oh, he says, Vaha agide mitatai. But they're still tied at the bottom. There's still that wo- ro- rope woven into the bottom of them. So, Amara Papa, to Shari Lahu. Yeah, it's where you untied it. Oh, not that you unwove it, you just untied it. So, it's likely to slip out. And therefore, you can use these willow branches. They've been untied at the top and the rope taken off. And they've been untied at the bottom. Not unwoven, but untied at the bottom. And therefore, it's fine. Says Rafuna gives it to Braid Rav Joshua, it gives a different Omar, he gives a different answer which actually introduces a new principle to this whole Gezeris Oitzar. Says, I feel a tamer the loy shari lehu. You can even say it's where you didn't untie it. Call agad she'enu also letaltela losh mei agad. Any bunch that is not made to carry it as a bunch is not considered a bunch. I all these halachas that we've said with Gezeris Oitzar, you can't put a bunch. That's where it's tied in that way to carry it. And you can carry it as a bunch. But where it's tied together, but not in a way that you could carry it as a bunch. I like these willows. It's just woven. The bottom of the sticks have just a rope weaving to keep them in place. You can't carry them by that rope. If you try to carry it by that rope, they'd all slip out. So that's not considered a bundle. And once we've seen this answer, we can give that explanation for the Isuraisa de Surya. The, the, the reed bundles, the willow, sorry, not the, yeah, the willow, the reed bundles of Surah. There again, we said, why were they tied together? To count them, to keep them in a number. So it's a bunch of 20 reeds or whatever it is. So there, that's not to, that bundle's not to carry them by. That bundle's just to keep them together, to keep them in a, in a num, uh, by number. So again, any time that the bundle's not made to carry by it, it would not be considered a, by, a bundle. Omer Rabbi Abba, Omer Shmuel. Rabbi Abba said in the name of Shmuel, Yoroko she'omru chachomim odom yoitzei bohem yedei chavosa bepesach. Um, vegetable, um, all these vegetables that Chazal said you can fulfill your obligation on Pesach. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually read this piece and then we'll go explain it line by line. So, these, we're discussing these types of lettuce leaves, etc., that you can use for maror on Pesach. They can bring in tumma, they can transfer tumma. They don't act as a barrier before tumma. They invalid in the roof of a sukkah as if they're an airspace. My timer, what's the reason for the above three halachas? Since when they dry, they shrivel up, benofli, and just crumble away, it's as if they're not in, not in existence. So we had three halachas. Let's just, um, again, applying to these lettuce leaves. Let's call it lettuce leaves. And the reason that we gave the halachas was because they, cr- and they dry very quickly and easy. And when they are dried out, they crumble and fall away. So it's as if they're not there. <coughs> so the first point is when they are leafy vegetables, when the lettuce is fresh, it is significant. It's specific, and you would consider it as something that is there, as a cover. Let's call it a cover. But it's only when it dries that it falls away. So the first one is Mavines Atuma. We know that if you have something over a corpse, it acts as an ohel, and anything under that same cover would become tome. So that's, I mean, that's the standard room. You have a corpse in a house, anything under the same roof, 
would become tome. If you had a long plank and you had a kazais of a mace on one end and it's a few meters away, you had something else under the other end, it would become tome because the tumor transfers. That's mevines atumah. So, so to one of these lettuce leaves. A lettuce leaf, if you have tumor under one end, if you had a kazais of a corpse under one end, add something else under the other end, it brings the tumor across. Now, that's the first aloha. The second aloha is that it doesn't act as an interruption between the tumor. We also know that if you have a corpse under a cover, under a roof, anything above that roof does not become tome. So, so what are we saying? So if you had this plank we were discussing, and this kazais of a mace under the plank, anything above the plank, even if you walk on the plank, it doesn't become tome. Because it acts as a barrier between the tumor, before the tumor. So that's that aloha. But now our Mishnah said that the lettuce leaf does not act as a barrier. I.e., if there's a kazais of mace on the ground and this lettuce leaf above it somehow, anything above the lettuce leaf would also become tome. Now that Rashi points out is Doraisa, the lettuce leaf, does choitzeitz bifna tumor. The reason here it doesn't is because it's likely to draw, and as we said, when it draws out, it becomes insignificant. And therefore, we treat the lettuce leaf as if it's not there. So, Doraisa, while it's still moist, it can act as a cover, act as this item that can transfer tumor, that can act as a barrier before tumor. But the Rabbonin, we go strict and say it doesn't act as a barrier for tumor because it's very likely to dry and it will disappear. That's the second halacha. And the third halacha we mentioned is it does not, um, it's possible as for schach as airspace. There's an interesting halacha. If you have a small gap in your sukkah of airspace, I just a hole in the roof of your sukkah. If it's three tfochim, three fists long, it invalidates your sukkah. However, if you have posel schach, let's say you have a metal tray there of posel schach, it, that only invalidates when it's four tfochim, or four amos on the wall, but let's just say in the middle of the sukkah, four tfochim. So these lettuce leaves, if you lose, use these lettuce leaves as schach, um, what are we, we're not treating them as posel schach because they're food. We're treating them as airspace because they're likely to draw, crumble and disappear and insignificant. So that's the halacha. That's what we're teaching about these lettuce leaves. Is since they, doraisa urat, while they're, leafy and fresh, they would count as an item and would be significant, but since they dry out very quickly and they crumble and disappear, we treat them as if they're insignificant and not there. And one further halacha is, are lettuce leaves not food? This, this maror, these lettuce leaves we're discussing, are they not food? And food is makabal tumor, so none of these rules should apply. Firstly, it shouldn't, um, well that's again easy reason to say why it's not valid schach. But we were saying it's not valid schach because it's going to shrivel and disappear. Secondly, um, to act as a chatzitza before tumah, it has to be something that can't become tumah. So that's a big discussion in, in, uh, between Rashi and Tosfos here, or what's the correct text in Rashi. 
the Tosos basically say very interestingly, you must say it's a lettuce leaf that never became wet. Because remember, for food to be susceptible to Tumah, it has to have become wet. We've seen that a few times in other Masechtas. So these lettuce leaves would never become wet, and that's why they can act as a barrier, or strict Doraisa, they should act as a barrier above Tumah, or to move Tumah to other areas. But that's um, that point. Um, Okay, um, just before we go into the next sugya, just one short introduction is there's what's called a yados regarding tumah. Yados regarding tumah, a handle. So <coughs> the handle of the food or the pot can transfer tumah for that item. So a stem that you would hold the food bar. If that stem, even though that stem's a little twig, and a twig, let's, let's just, uh, you're holding the bunch of grapes by the, I don't know what's it called, the cluster, you're holding the cluster of grapes by the stem. Even though that stem's a twig, and in itself is not Makabal Tumah, while it's connected to the food, it is considered part of the food, and a, a handle, a yad, or yados in plural, and the, if it touches Tumah, it will transfer the Tumah, to the food, kind of acts like a handle. It transfers the tumor into the food. Um, now, yeah. So Omar, Rabbi Abba Omar Yoros. If one picks grapes to press, they don't have handles. If one harvests grain for schach, no yoros, you don't count it as yoros. Why not? Because you don't want it there. When you pick in grapes to harvest, you actually don't want the stems there. As we'll see, the stems get in the way. They, they absorb some of the grape juice, the wine. So you don't want them there. So therefore, they're not viewed as a handle. Again, a handle is something you want there to hold the fruit by. And similarly with the stalks. When you're harvesting wheat to use as schach, you don't want the grain on the end. Remember, the grain on the end is food. It's posel schach. So you don't want it there. So therefore, the stalk is not considered a yad for the handle. Since man da'oma koitzeit's culture came voitzer, deloi neichelei, deloi nimtsi lechamrei. The one who said that, remember we had two rabbis. One rabbi said, if you have, if you pick grapes to press, the grape stems are not yados. And the second rabbi said, if you harvest wheat to use as schach, the straw part, the stalk, is not a yad. So the one who said that if you harvest the wheat, um, how much more so if you're picking grapes, you don't want it because you don't want it to absorb, soak in any of the wine. However, the rabbi who taught that, Picking grapes, the stems are not considered yados. He would hold that the, um, he would hold that if you harvest wheat, the straw is a handle to the wheat. Why Because it's good to use it for schach that it doesn't spread out. I, the wheat gives some weight to the straw, the grain at the end. 
So if you have the grain on the end, it will keep the straw in place on your sukkah roof. So therefore you want the grain with the straw, and therefore the straw acts as a yad to the grain. That's the two opinions. So it comes out, both agree in principle. If you don't want the grape, the stalk there or the stem there, it doesn't act as a yad. And therefore both agree that if you picked grapes to press, you don't want the stem there. You don't want to hold the grapes by the stems and the stems actually get in your way. Therefore the, the stems will not be a yad. The machlokes is regarding the wheat. When you harvest wheat to put on the sukkah, is this that it helps the fact that there's grain there to keep the wheat in place? Is that significant enough to make it as if you want the grain that it's a yad? So name it the Rabbanashia Bargada Tanahi. Um, let's suggest that this teaching of Rabbanashia Bargada is actually a machloikas tanaim. The Tanya, as we learned in Abraisa, suchei ta'edin uvohem ta'edin. If you have fig branches with figs on the end, or prachlin uvohem anovim, you have vans with grapes on the ends, kashin uvohem shiboilin, wheat with ears of grain at the end, mechavdois uvohem tamorim, date branches with dates on the end. If there's more of the psoilus, the non-food stuff, you can use it, then the food stuff, you can use it as food. But in love, if there's more food, then it's possible, because again, food is possible. You need more straw than the yad and the oichlin. If you imagine you have a, a long stick of wheat, Remember, the end is the food, the grain. Just be, the bit before that would be the yad, and the rest would be the straw. So a cherim hold, you have to have more straw than both the amount that of straw, the amount of the stalk that would be the yad, and the food. So, so my love, Bahok Miflegir, must be that they're arguing in the following. We see that a cherim hold, that they do have a yad. They harvested for schach, but we still say they have a yad. And according to the uh, the first opinion, they don't have a yad. He treats the whole stalk as stalk, and it has to just be a majority more than the food part. So the Gemara answers, Rebbe Abba According to Rebbe Abba, you have to say it's a machloi kestanoim, because he can only fit with Rebbe Meir, because Rebbe Abba holds that it is a yad. We, um, when you harvest it, for schach, it's still a yad. The Rebbe Menashe, Bar Goda, Milay Matanahi, do you really have to say it's a machloikes tonight? Contra Rebbe Menashe, Bar Goda. Says, Omelachor Rebbe Menashe, Rebbe Menashe will tell you, the Kuli Alma Sover, Hakoitzel Schach, Ein Lo Yodos. If you harvest for schach, it is not Yodos. They know Yodos. Vahacha Vamas, Gidan R. So, what's the case here that if you harvest for schach, it um, Rabbi Achairim say that there is a yad. He says, He said it's where you initially harvested to eat and you changed your mind to use it as schach. Um, by the fact that you initially harvested it as food, well then it does get a yad because you would like to carry the food by the stem or the stalk. And when you change your mind to use it as chach, that's it still has a yad, and that's why 
part of its yad, which is makabal tumah, part of its grain, which is makabal tumah, and the rest of the stalks would have to make up a majority over the yad and the over the yad and the food part for it to be valid schach. Okay, we'll continue the discussion tomorrow.